Beginning the Trek, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. Welcome to uh, our bonus Trek, but what, what are we calling it? Oh, come on. We're calling it bonus for the holidays. Hi, Andy. Bonus bonus Trek for the holidays. That sounds cool. A little uh, a little holiday movie yes. cheer, Star Trek style. But we should mention that there's this is just your sneaky way of getting more Star Trek into fifty two episodes and not calling them episodes. I'm. This is a sneaky way of doing it, and it works because movies and you can't like skip the Wrath of Khan. I get that now, having seen it. There you go. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic episode. Or episode. It's not an episode. No episodes here. No, no episodes nope, here. Mm, bonus. This is this is a bonus. Uh, bonus extra trek is all we're doing here. So yeah, my fifty-two. Mm. I still get to choose from. Uh, th- this one doesn't count next week when we do uh, the next movie doesn't count. We've got two holiday bonuses, Wrath of Khan, and then after this, I'm super excited because we're going to be talking with another podcaster who, if you've listened to this, you've likely listened to him too. Uh, so he's going to be joining us, and I'm I'm really thrilled. Um, should we spoil it by giving his name? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay, uh, we will be uh, joined for our undiscovered country conversation by uh, Mission Logs John Champion. He's got some things he wants to say and a lot he wants to ask you, Jessica. Oh, oh, Lord. And here I thought I was going to be kind of a, here's my reaction, but you guys get to talk super nerdy because you guys have both been in it so long. I've listened to a couple of mission logs and the things these guys know, it's, they are a bank of Star Trek knowledge and it's awesome. We'll be, we'll be uh, joined by John Champion uh, for our next uh, bonus, bonus, what, what are we calling this? Bonus track? Bonus track. Bonus Trek Track. Bonus Bonus Trek Track. <laughs> we'll okay, go with cool. That. Bonus Trek Track. Bonus bonus for the movies. Uh, bonus. Which, let's go ahead and start, because the there's a reason we're putting these all in is obviously because the transition from the original series to the next generation has these movies, and we, you need to watch them. Plus, this one was good. I'm hoping uh, Undiscovered Country next. Well, we're already talking. This is bonus. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> Yeah, we can say anything okay. we want. We are off. We are off. off the reservation of the format. Okay. Yep. Any, there's no format this week. We're not going to be talking anything but Wrath of Khan and whatever our nerdiness all takes right. us to. Then let's well, let's start with the spoilers of all the things. Yeah. So so um, here we are. I want to start with a couple of spoilers because some things have happened since the original series and since the animated series. Uh, Gene Roddenberry in 1977 pitched a television show called Star Trek Phase 2, which was a, a new TV series. Uh, and there were even some character ideas that followed all the way through to the next generation. But a little film by George Lucas came out that year oh. called Star Wars. And suddenly Star Trek Phase 2 turned into... Star Trek the motion picture. So they hired the whole crew. Um, all the original actors came in and they gave the Enterprise a massive refit 
it looks a little bit different, and they talk about it in the first movie, which is why if it looks a little different in Wrath of Khan, they did say that we've refit the Enterprise, and that's why it's got all that new cool blue lights and stuff on the the side. I have to say, the only thing I noticed, because the Enterprise looked the same to me, the only thing I really noticed was when they went to warp speed, it looked different. But then I was like, that might be new graphics from what I'm seeing to what was originally there. Because I know they remastered, and I'm Mm. watching the remastered. As you were. (laughs) Now, we don't see any Klingons in Wrath of Khan, but we're going to see a ton when we get to Undiscovered Country. Because that is a very Klingon-heavy story. And they look very different. They've got prosthetics and they've got, you know, ridges on their forehead and Mm -hmm. long scraggly hair. And they look, they look much more alien than they ever did when they were uh, um, running around in the original series. All right. So, yeah, we didn't, I mean, aside from the reference in the very beginning, there was no, it was all humans all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, even starting with Kirk on his birthday, you know, which is f- for a man of a certain age, and I can say that because I'm a man <laughs> of a certain age, um, that birthday is kind of a, okay, there's another one. You know, it is a, I'm getting older. And that theme of I'm feeling old and I'm getting old and even, you know, his first encounter with Khan, which I'm sure we'll talk about, mm-hmm. where he kind of fumbles through it, mm-hmm. you know, that ain't the Kirk from 15 years ago. Right. You know, that's a guy who's been riding a desk for too long. Right. It, it's a, a lot of this is about, you know, Kirk coming to grips with his own mortality. And regeneration, literally with Genesis, the entire project. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, him saying, oh, I feel young again. There's possibilities. Uh, mm-hmm. That that was, an, that was a huge theme for everybody in, well, for him and for the story. It was neat to see that there were a lot of parallels in this movie. I got to give it up uh, for whoever wrote it and directed it and produced it, um, that the themes were really cohesive and held together uh, very nicely, I thought. Yeah, it, it, it's, this is why everybody loves it. This is why everybody loves this movie is everything sort of was put together perfect for these characters at this time mm-hmm. in those actors' lives, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it was. It felt like pretend in the first movie to me in the motion picture. Right? They're 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 pretending that they're still fifteen years younger. Right. That doesn't work. And in, <laughs> and in this, and in this, they were fifteen years older and dealing with that, mm-hmm. and all of them were even Khan. Mm-hmm. Who I would not have recognized, by the way, if somebody didn't say, oh, that's Mont- Montalban? Ricardo Montalban. What's his? Montalban. If I say it with an accent, then no one will ever know that I can't pronounce it. <laughs> uh, but if you'd have put him right next to his older, uh, not that he's unrecognizable, just that I, if I didn't watch these straight one after the other and hadn't been told, I wouldn't know it, I don't think. I mean, he's still got the chest, and though. And that is 100% his <laughs> Magnificent chest. <laughs> that, that man can... That man can rock a V-neck anytime. He's probably passed away, I'm sure. He was... Died sure. January 14th, 2009. In his home at the age of 88. 
fairly recently, actually. Lived a full life. Lots of acting. Lived a, a full ton life. of acting, you know, and yeah. and and, uh, and a nice variety of different kinds of things too. And you know, he was he was working for decades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a great actor. Uh, so let's talk about the Kobayashi Maru, the opening scene. Okay. So they're in this simulator, but you don't know that. And that trope has been done, you know, mm-hmm. where it turns out it was just a simulator. Mm-hmm. This was the this was the first time I'd ever seen it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I would doubt that it was the first time it was thought of, but this was the first time I'd ever seen it. Um and I remembered sitting there saying, how come we're not seeing any, like, pictures of the outside? When when do I get to see that? Well, because they're not actually doing it. it was, I thought it was cleverly done. I did read a little bit on the after I had watched this. And I don't know if this is true, but you can tell me. of At the time, Leonard Nimoy, it got out that he was going to die in the film. And so they actually added everybody dying in the very first scene to kind of get people more into it and have it still be a surprise later on. Is that true? Well, I can just check that off my list of things to tell you about because oh. that's 100% true. Yeah, All 100%. Right. Leonard Nimoy uh, let it slip that he is, that Spock is going to die. Shameful. What's with his contract? They really, they made a big deal of it at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. to try and throw people off track, uh, even to the point where Kirk says, Aren't you dead? <laughs> right. Kind of a fun little poke. And then, of course, you know, we get to the end. Should we spoil the end for those of us? If anyone yes. is still – if anyone is wa- listening to us before having watched it. If they haven't seen it, they deserve what they get. They really do. You can spoil point. the end. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So when Spock does finally die at the end, it came as it, – it, it, we were a little bit disarmed. Until that moment where you see him get up out of his chair and, you know, it's like, oh, here it comes. I think I could have used a little more exposition because I got when he went running off. uh, I know nobody ever says they need more exposition, but I didn't know what he was doing. I thought he was going to, like, jump onto some sort of Genesis thing and then, like, he was going to become, which is a really weird thing to think. And maybe that's just my brain is crazy. But I was like, how is he going to get to the Genesis thing that that's blowing up? And I don't understand what he's doing. Well, he was fixing the warp drive, and the warp drive has radiation. Yes. I was completely thrown off because I thought he was trying to get to the Genesis thing to keep it – or, like, to protect everybody from it blowing oh, up. Oh, got it. Yeah, see, that was back – Which was dumb. <laughs> that wasn't dumb. It was just I, – I, well, I, I mean, it was – It's a little dumb. Genesis was back – Because that's clearly not – I just – I was – I was a, even one line would have been of him acknowledging, this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing, and somebody saying – Oh, you can't, and he he could respond with, "But I'm Vulcan. I'm the only one who can." Something like that. Uh, Did that happen? And I missed it. Well, it didn't happen for Kirk. It happened down in the when he was outside in engineering, about to go into the chamber where he does his thing, where he picks up the big giant thing. And right, I got once once he's there. Yeah, but I didn't have any idea. Like, how would he know from the bridge if Scotty can't fix it that he can? I do not have that answer. That's there, there's a there's a few little moments of of 
I, I, I don't right. know. No, and I'm like, I, I'm not there, trying. There was to... something intuitive there. Yeah. No, no, no. I just. I'm not trying to trap you or anything. I I was lost in that little bit of moment, and it took me away because it's such a powerful moment, and it really is meant to be. He's made this decision, the good of the many, but yeah. The why is he there is kind of a little yeah. I it's that he if he had known that he could have done that he would have done that. The question is, is how did he know? Right. From the bridge. Right. And leaves. And it's a valid question, and I don't have a good answer. That's fair, because that's the way it is. Because he's Spock? <laughs> maybe maybe he was just heading down there to see if there was anything he could do, and when he got down there, it was, oh, this is what I need to do. And with Scotty basically passing out from the right. radiation already. That's what he realized. Yeah, he said, well, someone has to go in there, and the only other person there is McCoy. McCoy wouldn't know what to do. Right, no, McCoy's there to help the, help the people not die. Which, okay, if we're talking death scene and Spock and McCoy, what goes on between the two of them? Wow, you just want to jump right to the end. Yeah. I mean, here we are, here we are right at the, at the beginning of our conversation, and you want to know, like, what happens next? You're talking about the moment right after Spock nerve pinches McCoy. McCoy that he and then brings his hand up and puts his hand on his face. Mind melds. A classic mind meld technique mm-hmm. and, and says the word. Remember. Remember. And that's all he says. So uh, I was going to talk about Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock uh-huh. later, but- since you're bringing it up now, and since we're completely off the rails with format today, right? Uh, what the heck? So, um, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock will continue this story arc. It's actually a trilogy. Oh, okay. And yeah, so I, you, you remember at the beginning of this episode when you said this is my sneaky way of getting you to watch a couple of movies without counting it on my. 52? This is your extra sneaky way of getting me to watch yet another one, isn't it? You little sneaky snake. Actually, two more. Um, Star Trek. Okay. Star Trek Two. It's not a. It's. I mean, they're all sequels, but Star Trek Two follows right into Star Trek Three, where Kirk has to deal with. Some things that happened as a result of that mind meld with McCoy. And, okay, let's be honest here. We haven't really talked much about Genesis yet. Right. But where is Spock's coffin? On the planet that's being regenerated. That's got to have some kind of hmm. effect. Is he going to be young Spock? Can they do that? He's an old actor. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Star Trek Three answers all those questions. And while it's not important that you watch Star Trek Three, it is kind of important that you know that in Star Trek Six, Spock will be around. Right. So something happens in Star Trek Three, and something else happens in Star Trek Three as well. A couple of other th- just to continue that that whole journey for you in Star Trek Three. In order for Kirk to save Spock and the and the crew to save Spock and they all do mm-hmm. not the hugest spoiler you got to know something's going to happen there right there there are other sacrifices that Kirk has to make and the ramifications of those sacrifices he will have to deal with in Star Trek 4 the voyage home and 
He will also have to deal with the ramifications of those in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which is what we're going to be watching. Right next for the bonus. So I've actually got a lot of Star Trek on my plate, as do all of you listeners who are following along, by the way. Very probable. You know, I went through and I've been watching, I, I watched all of them. Of course you did. Uh, now, at least at least once, I, I went through even Star Trek V, and, and that's the next one. Star Trek V was its own kind of standalone thing. It is not generally considered to be at the top of most people's lists. It's a bad movie. You can say this about Star Trek. It's, they made a bad movie. They made a bad movie. Okay. They're, the, the concepts were a little, little bad. It was directed – this one was directed by William Shatner. And for whatever reason, it just, it just didn't – it didn't work. It didn't work. But there you go. And then we get to Star Trek VI. And that will be where you will learn – about the next chapter in the struggle between the Klingons and the Federation. Okay. So. That's where they're going to make nice. Remember those yeah. Organians who said eventually. Eventually happened pretty quick. Let's see how close. Okay. Let's see how close they get. I'll have, a, I'll have a few spoilers that happened in three and four. For those of you that didn't see them, I will spoil them just before we get to six because. We don't have a choice. But for now, if you haven't seen them, yeah. go watch them. Go enjoy them beforehand. You know, Y'all might as well spend the holidays with some Trek, right? That's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, as far as you're concerned right now, Jessica, Spock is dead. Well, I'm not going to leave it like that. Clearly, you've got yeah. me. You already broke me in, man. We, we, can, we can move yeah. on. You thought I was going to get you to watch two movies. I'm going to get you to watch four. <sighs> okay. Uh, but that's it. I, that's, that, those are the ones that I'm going to be talking about for, for this go through, because then we get to some next generation movies and things like that, which we'll talk about on the other end of next generation. Cool. Um, but there you go. So, uh, let's get back to this, this, this movie. Yeah. Wrath of Khan. <laughs> what did you think of the Genesis? I mean, obviously it fit with the theme of old and young and things being reborn. Uh, I love that McCoy's all stressed out about it being like an Armageddon machine and Spock's not concerned at all. And it kind of is. It kind of ends up being that, right? Not like, really. Even though, well, when you think about it, Khan was trying to use it as a bomb to destroy Kirk and the Enterprise. Yeah, but that's like saying, oh, nobody should have a car because people use it as a weapon. Like, that's not what it's made for. Uh, it's it's certainly not what it's made for. And not really um, not the best use. That's only because Khan had no imagination, let's be honest. Well, and not much else to do at that point. And just full of rage and no imagination. And yeah, he's he's like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to take you out with me, sure. Yeah. So yeah, I get like I get that it is it can be used as a bomb because that's how it was used in the end, but using it for its purpose, McCoy was like, "Oh god, no." And I didn't really understand why, because obviously you don't want to use it on a planet, or do you? Well, I, I mean, if they're uh, evil. Well, what they were looking for with when they went to SETI Alpha, air quotes, six. Sure. I love how that mistake gets made. Yeah. Uh, like, do you guys have maps, or do you just like stumble on things? I, there are. Okay, so so just like everything, if I don't have a little something to complain about, I don't feel good about it. So yeah. SETI Alpha 6 exploded, so suddenly SETI Alpha 5 looks like SETI Alpha 6 to us. Can we not count planets from the sun? Oh, come on, guys. Captain Kirk has a blood stain on his tunic. Then Captain Kirk 
has a similar but very different blood stain on his tunic. And then finally, he has a third, not that similar and very different blood stain on his tunic. Oh, come on, guys. Which is really obnoxious since in the end, he just closes his tunic. Right, which is all they would have needed to do and we don't see it anymore. Like, God, really? So... Like, if you can't get the continuity right, just right, give exactly, them a coat. Exactly. Sheesh. And then what was my other – oh, come on. Uh, oh, and this one's a little more on the nerdy side. You kind of got to be a little bit of a Star Trek nerd for this. But Rathacon was first season. Mm-hmm. Chekhov started in The Trouble with Tribbles mid-second season. Yeah, we didn't see him for a while. Or I didn't. He wasn't in Space Seed, was he? Oh, so Khan being like, your Chekhov is not a real thing. Khan would never have known who he was. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> and one final one, one more? is uh, yeah, I got one more. These are these are like my little pet peeves about about Rathacon. Sure. My last one is are you, oh Kirk, my old adversary. Are you familiar with the with the Klingon expression "Revenge is a dish best served cold"? Well, Kirk might be, but I don't know how Khan would be. Khan wouldn't even know what a Klingon is. Uh... He has never encountered a Klingon, as far as I know, unless they stopped off on his planet and then left him there again. But in Space Seed, he did have access to all the records and stuff. Well, but he was like, oh, I'm going to be all engineering. That's how he figured out the ship. That wouldn't have given him, like, history lessons. Maybe. Eh... Probably not into colloquialism. And, and right. is that really the, the expression he would start using for 15 years so that it would be fresh in his mind? Come on, guys. Right. There you go. I just there had a go. few things. Those, those are my little pet peeves about uh, – it, it just makes a really great movie that much more fun every That's time fair. I see him. I'm that picky. That way you and every other Trekkie. Like- so so you, didn't, you didn't recognize Khan, but – what did you think of the uh, of his the evolution of his character? Uh, I wasn't quite as upset at him as I was when I watched the episode because I remember being thoroughly disgusted with both Kirk and Khan. Yeah, and the egos that they have. So I think age tempered the ego for Kirk because I do like him a lot better. I still think the universe is selfishly wrapped around Kirk. Yes. It is. The original and even even to the point where when Spock Spock's dying words are like I'm your friend. It's not even framed as like I'm Spock. It's I've always been your friend. So it's about Kirk. And I'm just like Yeah. Okay. I wish that wasn't a thing just because I have a personal distaste for it, which I know other people won't. Uh but Khan, his ego seems to have been completely focused on victimizing himself. Look what you did to me. Look what you just made me do. That whole thing. Yeah. it's. It, I, I really want to talk about what you just said there about, about Kirk and his relationship with Spock and it all centers around him. Mm-hmm. And his character, and, and, and this movie shows it more than anything else. He is the guy who cheats death every time. He did it with Khan the first time. He did it with Khan this time. He did mm-hmm. it with Khan again this time. He does it all the time. Yeah. The chips are always down and he figures out a way, sometimes a cheat, to get around it. You know? Right. Let's make let's put the Romulan cloaking device into the you know, into engineering and plug it in and make our ship invisible. Sure. Sure, why not? Just happens to work. Right. Well, <laughs> Even even the way he did the Kobayashi Maru, and when they talked about his 
solution. His when he quote fingers solution, sure. Reprograms the simulation. Why not? He's always cheated death. He's always cheated losing, too. Uh, and he even, yeah, he'll even say that. He's like, I don't like to lose. Yeah, it's, that's, one of, that's one of my favorite lines is when he's eating that piece of fruit mm-hmm. and, and getting the report. And, he's, and they're like, but what? But he's what? Like, I, don't like, I don't like to lose. Yep. It's like that, that's the moment where our Kirk is back. You know, where I felt like my original, my original series captain is back. And from he, that moment on, right. things go differently. Did you know it? If you, I don't know if you could remember, because this is a fairly old movie. But do you remember thinking that, are they honestly stranded there? And when he's actually having the conversation with Spock, I picked up really easily. He's like, if we go by the book, he says that so many times. Did you notice that that was like some kind of code between him and Spock? Like, if we go by the book, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I I very specifically remember this moment the first time I saw it. And I remember being very proud of myself that I picked up on it. I remember thinking to myself, oh, so he just – but then when it comes back to it, mm-hmm. I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> you were all so caught up. <laughs> right. And then suddenly it's like, but two hours, ready? And it's like, oh, that's right. I thought of that too. I forgot, but I thought of it. Nice. So that's one of the memories I have of, wow, you're just like zeroing in on all my little memories, all my stuff today. I've got you honed in on this movie. Yeah. Wait, did you want to go back and make a point about the Kobayashi Maru? Oh, yes, I did. Um, okay. Because it sounded like you did and then we kind of tangented off. You're right. So, So I was talking about... Kirk cheating death, Kirk cheating to, to you know, he'll, he'll to win he or to, to win. Right, right. And to cheat death. Even if it's cheating. And then Spock dies. He's separated from his best friend and has to watch him die. And that moment right there, I think, is where like Kirk has, for the first time, can't cheat death anymore. Not really. I mean, a couple of times he can't, Edith Keeler and such. This is this is bigger than Edith Keeler. This is about as big as it gets. I mean, there are ways because they figured out how to go back in time just with the ship, right? But but obviously they don't do that because he's... You're right. Of all the things that he can't think of a thing. uh, But I bet in his brain, Kirk is saying, had I known, we could have done something. Spock made that decision all on his own. He didn't say anything. He just went. Yeah. Spock sacrificed himself to save the ship. And there was nothing Kirk could do about it. Nope. Nope, because Spock was going to do that without letting Kirk know. Because Kirk wouldn't have let him. Right. Kirk would have done it himself. If he could have. I assumed that the reason why Spock did it was because he's the Vulcan who thought of it. Now that, now that I'm like, oh, there was another Vulcan on board, um, and she didn't. She was interesting. Savik. Yeah. Yeah. Let's- I didn't recognize her as uh, Vulcan at first. Oh, okay. You couldn't see the ears, or you just... That uh, I w- I would expect the eyebrows to they they do the up thing right and well, yeah, I don't I don't they were slightly does she up. have that or yeah or she had that up? not yeah not enough but you start by actually seeing her in the captain's chair mm-hmm. what was that like for you here we are being commanded by a woman I was like okay cool what's what's happening here because this is none of the characters that I know and I knew. Kirk and Spock were in this because it's named Wrath of Khan. I was just curious if you like went, hey, there's a woman. Oh, yay. Yes, good. (laughs) No, Uh that is to be expected. (laughs) What I really liked about her character was she was interesting. She was competent and she wasn't 
anybody's love interest. Right. She was there to be the trainee, the command trainee. And she did an awesome job. Right. She was there to be a student yeah. for both Spock and Kirk. Yeah. Did you did you recognize the actress? Oh, yeah. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Kirstie Alley. So this was her, pretty much her Hollywood debut. Oh, I didn't know was, that. Was the, yeah. She had a big breakout role. I thought she was famous for doing that baby talking movie. That came after this. Okay. That came, that came about five years after. Yeah. Oh. And she, right after this, um, her career completely blew up. She started- Starring in a, a variety of movies that all did, you know, a lot of them did very well. Summer School and Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking Too. And then uh, she landed the role of Rebecca, replacing um, Shelley Long on Cheers. So she. Oh, Cheers, right. I was like, I know she's famous for something else, but I can't think of it. But yeah, Cheers. Cheers. Her character. I like, I liked the idea. I think I would need more time with it to really love it. Because she played it so straight and flat, which I I get why Vulcan, um, but she does go through an arc because in the end she's crying. Yes. Do do, do we see her again? We see the character again, but we don't Not see. Kirstie but we don't Alley. see Kirstie Alley reprise the role. And okay, the rumor that I heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, and I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to speak ill. But what I was told was Kirstie Alley was asking for more money than William Shatner was. Oh wow! And okay. Because she was she was really blowing up in her in right. her career, and she was asking for a lot of things. And they said uh, recast, so they did. And uh, Robin Curtis will come in and play Savic in both Star Trek three and four. So you'll see her again, and she has a pretty integral role in Star Trek three, especially. That kind of annoys me. Not that. They do that, but that they do that at all in Hollywood. Like you keep a character the same. The only people who get away with that is Doctor Who, and you've already established why is because they're reborn as a whole other person, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, that's literally the only time you can. If you establish that, you can get away with it. But don't bring me a character with a whole other face. I really, really despise it on TV shows because usually they'll do it at the end of the season, and then they'll just come back and be like, "Oh, the daughter is now this lady," yeah, but the same name, and it's supposed to be the same, and it's like this is so clearly not the same. I agree. I I don't like recasts, um, but sometimes they do it, and you don't even notice. You know, they recast Darren on Bewitched, and nobody noticed. Who's Darren? Darren is the husband. Oh, really? Yes. I've I've only ever caught the odd episode, so I don't know. the The two guys were Dick York and Dick Sargent, and both of them looked very similar to one another, and played the character very similarly and people just didn't notice because it was Elizabeth Montgomery's show. Yeah. Wow. All right. Oh, you know what one recast had to happen? Harry Potter. Oh, oh, um uh, Dumbledore. Uh yeah, they they recast Dumbledore, but that was because the actor died. Uh, yeah. And that was weird too. It was very noticeable. What are you going to do, you know? Right. That's and that one I'm like, well, okay, cuz you can't you can't get rid of that character. He can't die. So, uh so it there are very few cases. Right. And this Savic in, in, that comes up in three and four, uh, and especially three, she's just a different version. Uh, they mm. probably didn't need to use Savic, except I think they wanted to keep a little bit of a continuity going. But right. But they could have created a they new character for that. It wouldn't have been a problem. But yeah. But they didn't, and that's okay. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. oh. oh, oh. 
so oh. so battle number one, the Reliant comes in all nice and cozy and quiet. Sure. Kirk walks in saying, I, I, we're big and tough and we don't need to put up our screens even though we're supposed to. I thought that was a very Kirk thing to do is the, the bluff. Oh, well, we'll get it to you. It's like, you have this amount of time. Okay, that, it was super sci-fi. Yeah. Like, ha-ha, I've thought of a way. I like when he has to take his glasses out and put them on. It's just that moment of, God, I'm old. <laughs> that was cute. It's, it's, I, he, <laughs> like, he's so angry at himself. It really was. It was fun to bit. see that. It was fun to see that. Um, uh, And then they have that second battle, and that's the one I really want to talk about. I remember talking to you at episode, like, Mm -hmm. four or five. I don't know. And you saying something like, they don't fly around in three-dimensional space. Right. They're all on a flat plane. They're all on a flat plane. And at the moment you said that, all I could think of was Spock saying to Kirk. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. He – Thinks two dimensionally, mm-hmm. you know. He he has two dimensional thinking, and then Kirk finally getting the you know the oh let's go down right, and, and so they go down. But it still looked like they were on a flat plane, just going up and down an elevator. Right. They don't put their nose any other way except like this on a flat. Yeah. yeah. And it makes no sense why. It, 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 especially when you know, I mean, they're hunting each other and. Right. You, it just doesn't seem logical to confine it to two planes when you have a you know three dimensions. Um, but I did think I when you said that I thought I thought of this moment. I was like, oh, I remember that. I'll show her, and then I watched it. I'm like, yeah, maybe I won't show her so much. <laughs> it's just slightly less clunky. It gets better. Okay. By the by the time we get to the Defiant, which is part of the Deep Space Nine storyline, you'll see them zipping in and out and all kinds of cool stuff. Right. Well, it would have to because the the truth is, at this point, Star Wars has got zipping in and out the way you would, the way you would fly in space, little little ships and big ships. That's also something we have not gotten in Star Trek, and I think that's just the age of uh, CG effects. Different size ships. Right. And Star Wars had to have, I mean, I know you're a Trek fan and you're like, I'll always love the CG. But if you look back at that and you compare this one and Star Wars, you've got a lot more of the big ship and then little ship, the X-Wing and Y-Wing. It just, they got something that Star Trek had to catch up to a little bit. I hear you. And you're right. For the time, Star Wars had some pretty impressive space battles and and yeah even when you could see the mats and all that back when right right well you know when it first came out and you could go in there and say oh i could see where that tie fighter was matted in and then they changed the mat but you ain't seen nothing yet i mean you know we're gonna get to some no that's good more More sci-fi more sci-fi more battles more battles awesome it's all coming and these still look a little clunky i just remember thinking that his (laughs) Wow, she mentioned this a long time ago. <laughs> it's it's it doesn't look as cool as I remember. And then even when they do it, it's still like this is a Z axis, huh? Yeah, elevator let's just, down. <laughs> just go down. Yeah, elevator down. Uh, but it was cool. It was nice to see the light bulb go off. Right, a little bit. Right, like like yeah. Kirk, Kirk figured out that they can look. It gives us a whole lot more space to explore when we can go like that way. I don't think Kirk figured it out. I think a writer finally figured it out. It was like, hey, right. look what we can do. Perfect. Perfect. What else is there? Oh. Oh. Kirk has a love interest from way back, a road 
not travel. That he does. And she seems kind of a good match for him, too. Yeah. I think, yeah. She does, right? Like, she's strong-willed. I'm glad she wasn't 22. That would have been weird. Just saying, yeah. She seemed very, like, like paired up with him, mm-hmm. logically. Mm-hmm. The son, who turned out to be the son. who right. you know, you did, Was there ever, like, when did you realize he was probably Kirk's son? Yeah, right away. I think. Yeah, okay. The second. But it was cute the way they did. I mean, I have to think they did the hair purposefully. Oh, the little perms, the the cur- the curly yeah, hairs. Yeah, which I was just like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I I enjoyed that little touch of it. She, yeah, he's blonde, but he's got the curly hair just like his dad. Uh, no, I don't think. I think that was pretty obvious to me. There was no big reveal. At yeah, it, it didn't surprise me if I remember correctly. It certainly doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't sure, right. you know, how soon in it you were like, oh, that's got to be his son. Because you figured out pretty early that there was a history. Yeah. though Especially when she mentions the boy. Ki- I think that's probably when I knew, oh, that's that's his yeah. kid is when she when he says something about Boy Scout and he clearly doesn't know. He's like, who's that guy? And she's like, oh, Jim Kirk was never a Boy Scout. Right. So uh, I think that was probably the moment I was like, ah, oh, this was this should be a family dynamic. But Kirk's been not there. Traipsing around the universe, I believe, was the or was it gallivanting around the universe? One of the two. He gallivant. I don't he, know, but whatever it is, it's for the young. It's for the young, right? And and as we need to be reminded on his birthday, and when he screws up with Khan, and when he needs thro- glasses, you know, and and when he needs glasses, and even when she says, "How are you feeling?" and he says, "I feel old." Yeah, uh, her as a character, she's great. David, I thought, was a little bit odd, uh-huh. but I liked him in the end, especially when he kind of prods his dad into being like, hey, we've been separate from each other, but those words that you said that were just words are good words, and you should take them to heart yourself. Yeah. Uh, so I think that I thought he was a throwaway character, and then kind of that came back, and I was like, actually, that was pretty good. I'm glad he was in this movie and who he was. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I mean, at this point, what I really want to know is, like, like what you think of the movie? It, this is, Because I know we break it all down. Right. And, and, you know, we sometimes it's hard to see the forest when you're, right. when you're classifying each tree and tweeting about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> this one I'm not, and I should mention, I, I didn't do it for the movies. I don't want to blow up somebody's Twitter for, like, two hours. That's insane. It's it's a movie. Watch the movie. Don't. Watch don't, the movie. Enjoy. Put your, yeah. Put your phone and away. And the same for other people. But, uh, and so I won't be doing it next time either. But I liked, I liked this one. I liked coming back to it and seeing the themes, most especially with Genesis and old and young being such a huge theme. And also the Kobayashi no-win solution. It starts that way, and then it literally plays out that way. I thought it was just really, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. It's very character-driven, which I enjoy. It feels like this is what all these characters would be doing. It's not here's a script, and so these characters must do this, which Star Trek has done to me before, and I get annoyed with that. Yep, somebody, uh, somebody that needs to be dumb for the week becomes dumb. Right. Or something like that. Yeah, no, right. these characters, it was very authentic all the way it through. It was, yes. Uh, the, from the fake simulation all the way to Spock really dying. Although I do say that tiny bit sarcastically because we all know he comes back. Well, remember, at the time, he was done. Leonard Nimoy as an actor. 
Leonard Nimoy. Gotcha. Yeah, as an actor, he he was he wasn't done being an actor. He actually was pursuing directing. He wanted to direct, and he went on to direct Star Trek Three. Okay. So, so um, that was his, and so it's like he's on set every day, but he's not playing Spock. And yet the show was called Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And so what? And, and of course, they had it set up for all kinds of possibilities. You've got the Genesis right, planet. Right. You've got the, re- the remember moment. All those, all those things that you've keyed in mm-hmm. on already. I mean, it's set up for a variety of possibilities there. And now he's coming back to direct it. What does that mean for the franchise? What does that mean for Spock's character, if anything? This is the stuff I love about These questions. These questions and more. Is that where you're... These questions and many more can be answered if you watch Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And then you may as well watch Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. You're already in the streaming service. You might as well just keep going. Yeah, that that completes it when when Kirk and crew... And and by the way, Star Trek Three also will... It will deepen Kirk's opinions about the Klingons. Which is really important for Star Trek Six. Okay, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to sell it anymore. Okay, 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 okay. Just go watch. Just enjoy. Okay, we can do that. Here's what I will tell you about Undiscovered Country. It actually comes out in December of 1991, which is a couple of years after we start the Next Generation. So, oh, okay. When we go to Undiscovered Country. The Next Generation will be. Um, it's already a thing. It's already a thing. Gotcha. And Undiscovered Country is kind of a curtain call for the for the Captain Kirk crew. Um, straight down to the to the final credits, which you'll see is a definite curtain call. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh um, this is beautiful and now it's done. Yes. And and then it's time to move on to the next generation. Holy moly, are we really like almost there? Well, I was thinking about the numbers. We've hit this is uh, I mean, it's our second bonus, but it's like fifteen-ish. But we're done. so that's like one fifth of all of the episodes. You took like a whole chunk. Are yeah. you still feel? Are you still feeling good about your list? I am. That's cool. I Isn't like this it. Amazing. So um, let's wrap up our Rathacon conversation then. Okay. Do you want to give a rating of any kind? This is a bonus. Yeah, so this is a bonus. It's a good watch, right? It was a good. It's a good movie. It's a good watch. It's fun. It, there's it's a good watch. Characters. It's a good movie. The story's compelling. The, the The effects aren't so clunky that you can't get through them. There's nothing horrible about this movie. High praise indeed. <laughs> so, um, no, I got it. I got it. You started it. <laughs> well, then why don't we why don't we wrap it up? And okay. Remember, next next episode will be okay. a bonus Trek track again. The Undiscovered Country, so go watch that, and then and we won't be tweeting it. And we'll be sitting down with special guests. Woohoo! Uh, for those of you that are enjoying yes. listening to Beginning the Track along with watching the shows, uh, we would love it if you would um, subscribe, if you would hit the like button on iTunes or, or Google Play, if you would give us a, a great rating. That will really help drive some people to us and support the show, so We'd love for you to do that. Yes. We might as well give them the thing. Obviously, if you search Beginning the Trek on iTunes or your podcast player, we're on. I think I've double-checked all of the big ones. <laughs> or beginningthetrek.com. I don't know how you give us a rating on there, but we always appreciate your visits. <laughs> and Facebook, 
Beginning the Trek and Twitter at Begin the Trek. There you go. So we're kind of all over. Whatever your preferred channel is, just uh, or and if you have actual feedback or want to get a hold of us, yes, please. That's the way to do yep, it. Yep, you can get a hold of us we through love, our website. We love to hear from www. you. www.beginthetrek.com. Beginningthetrek.com. I should enunciate and uh, enjoy. I'm going to say enjoy Undiscovered Country, but I just have a feeling you're going to enjoy Star Trek 3 and 4 as well. <laughs> we'll see. But about well, but I'll find out next week. You have a great week, Jessica. You too. Talk with you later. Talk with you later. Bye. special effects were just like Star Wars Plus to me. Mm -hmm. Don't tell the Star Wars fans I said I am the Star Wars fans. I know. I know. It's out now. It's too late. I'm sorry. I like the special effects of Star Trek. Eh, It all looks clunky to me. (laughs) Until you get post-Pixar, I'm like, ooh, that's impressive. And until that point, it's all... It's okay. Just you wait till you get old and they're doing something beyond what you could do. And they're like, but your Pixar stuff was so goofy looking. That's so 2015.